This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another special bonus edition of the Post Game Review Podcast brought to you by Caddyshack Golf, our second road game of the season, our second Uh, equipment failure so now it's time to look into the equipment because i am happy to say it was not old man user error (laughs) we do indeed have an issue with our road game podcast equipment attaching to a phone but we get to do another bonus episode with our own brian hanley thanks again to cole carmody for sitting in again uh and this actually works out pretty well i mean seriously you, you get two night road wins in the big 12 in your first three games let's do a go. bonus podcast brian hanley and i appreciate Absolutely. you making time no uh, problem we're sponsored by caddyshack golf wear from the golf course to the tailgate show your purple pride all week long caddyshack golf wear caddy with two t's visit caddyshackgolf.com use code gpc for free shipping on your next order and it is of course, quarter zip season. Oh, the favorite time of year. Brian Hanley, 10 to 9, Kansas State wins at Iowa State. It devolved into a Big Ten football game. Ironically, you know, I say that as a joke. Ironically, Iowa also played a game that was even less exciting than Kansas State's and Iowa State's. I think it was 9 to 6. So 10 to 9 was a scoring eruption in the land of the corn. Um, it, but what's amazing to me is Kansas State scored on its first possession on kind of a broken down play. Adrian Martinez shed a would be sacker and then tossed it downfield to Phillip Brooks, who comically said in the post game, I was falling the entire play. I almost fell on my pattern. I almost fell on the catch. I almost fell running to the end zone. He was just damn glad to get there. And who would have known when Kansas State scored, we were done with touchdowns. An amazing victory for K-State because you literally survived. Give me your overall thoughts on this game. Well, it was it was a game to where I don't think that we played well at all. Well, I take that back. We played well. Obviously, we played well on defense. That kind of goes without saying. On offense, I think the offensive line kind of got pushed around a little bit. But it was kind of what we said at the beginning, or, you know, at the pregame, is that we were going to have to throw the ball to be able to run it because Iowa State's defense just wasn't going to let us run the football, and they didn't. So, but just overall, you know, in a game where you don't really necessarily play well, you got to find a way to win on the road. And they did that. And that's the sign of number one, good coaching, 
good leadership in the locker room. You know, it's just in the sign that you have a really good football team where you can play average in case they played average decent defense. We'll talk about that obviously later, but they played average and they still were able to win the football game. And, and, and again, on the road, tough environment. I mean, conference game, it usually those things don't turn out well. And it did. Well, let's read off some stats here that would indicate that this was a well-played game on the defensive side of the football by both teams. Kansas State ran the ball 38 times for an average of 3.4 yards per carry. That's barely tolerable. If you do that three times in a row, you will get a first down by inches. Uh, Adrian Martinez ran 19 times for 77 yards. He was a warrior. Deuce Vaughn, 10 for 23 they absolutely took him away. It was brilliant defense. On the other side of the ball, Iowa State ran the ball 24 times for 3.2 yards per carry. They got beaten up in the backfield as the game went on also. They threw the ball 18 more times than Kansas State, 38-20, to 20, and were outgained through the air, 257 to 198. So Kansas State's back end of the defense also complimented the front end. But boy, finding yards on the ground was brutal. So brutal that Chris Kleiman was kind of pleased with 131 after the game because he knew how hard-earned it was. But a lot of it came when DJ Giddens came in in replacement of Vaughn, who was injured. Carried the ball a lot on the last possession. Eight carries for 32, so he actually outgained Deuce in this game. But, man, uh, this was physical, and both teams tackled extremely well. Yeah, they did. I mean, defenses were just – I mean, they were just outstanding. Let's just call it what it was. They were outstanding. They took away – any type of running game that you were trying to get going. I mean, they just said, look, if you're going to run it, you're going to have a fight on your hands. And that's the kind of football game that, be honest with you, I like it. You know, (laughs) when both sides are just beating each other's face in, I like that kind of football game. Now, we took punches. Don't get me wrong. We took our punches, but we threw some too. And and again, to be able to to go on the road and, and not be able to run the football very well and still be able to win a football game, it was great because you know uh in game years past that's not a football game we win i did let's just call it what it is that's not a football game we win and what we've talked about several times is kansas state this team is different it's just different man we've got a good football team on our hands yep they are they seem to be gelling together in a weird way the two lane loss might have focus this team we'll get to that in a little bit but you are an offensive lineman I don't say former because I feel like once you make that choice your body reminds you every day that you're an Mm -hmm, offensive mm -hmm. lineman Um, and you were on those 97 98 teams that were so good at K-State at running the ball so as you diagnose what happened to Kansas State in this particular game was it poor blocking or just great schematics by Iowa state to kind of keep that offensive line always uncertain of what they needed to do on each given play. Uh, To me, it was more the schematics. I thought the guys, I mean, they weren't really missing blocks, uh, it was just kind of the things that they were doing. I mean, it was just maybe we we had a guy, he was slanting one way or another, and we only had half of him, and the guy would make a tackle. You know, they were just moving around, and some of the things that they were doing, it was just difficult. Now, I also don't want to take any credit away from their guys. They were physical up front. I mean, that front seven at Iowa State, front seven, front six, whatever you want to call them, it, they were physical. 
you know, and so you got to give them credit. Now, our guys, obviously, we have a good offensive line. They didn't have their best game, but I think it had a lot to do to me. And what I was watching, it just had more to do with what Iowa State was doing versus us not doing. Well, Adrian Martinez line in this game, 12 of 19 passing for 246 yards. He had that one TD, as I mentioned. He was sacked three times. His long pass was 81 yards. Uh, I mean, he had two long passes, one for the touchdown and one that was fumbled at the one. Uh, He ran 19 times for 77 yards. And yet I feel like Adrian Martinez was really pretty good in this game. The stats don't show that, but he was a warrior. And I'm not sure K-State wins this game with a less experienced quarterback. I think the quarterbacks, to some degree, decided this outcome. A fifth-year senior against a sophomore that panicked in the face of pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he was a warrior, too. I thought he played well. I mean, I can say that. I, I thought he played well. Didn't make the, you know, the mistakes, you know, on the road that, that a lot of times quarterbacks make mistakes. You said it perfectly. An experienced quarterback who's been through some adversity, who's been in, on the road in a conference game in a tough environment, and he didn't blink, you know. And when your quarterback doesn't blink, the rest of the team is not going to blink. And that's the type of leadership that we need going forward because it's going to get tougher. And I think this was a good test for us. And now we just got to get healthy. Yep, indeed. And there are a lot of health issues. Deuce Vaughn didn't finish the game. Felix Andy DK Uzama was hobbled during the course of this game. Khalid Duke went down on the first possession. It looked like maybe it was muscular and not structural, which is good. Maybe pulled a hamstring, which takes a while, but still that's better than, you know, surgery having to repair something again for Khalid. Again, over and over, this team is just torn up what can be solved during an off week a bye week you've got an extra week you do extra treatment i imagine chris Kleiman will back off a lot of the practicing for his frontline guys this week can you really get that much healthier in a week you can i mean you can you can get healthier because the guys that are beat up they're not going to do anything I mean, that's, they're literally not going to do anything. They'll go out to practice and maybe do a drill or two, maybe, depending on the injury. So you can get healthy because what it actually is two weeks because you're still, even though you're preparing for the next week, a lot of times, I mean, you're not doing a lot of hitting these days in, in football practices. That's just not what teams do anymore. We just, you just don't do that. So, but in a week, having a week off, you can get healthy, especially when it's not but depending on what it is, you know, uh, the soft tissue injuries tend to be worse. Obviously, a knee is a knee, and that is what it is, or a high ankle sprain. But, you know, little nicks and bruises, that kind of stuff can heal up. And, and you can get a lot done, especially, you know, on a Friday, Saturday, where you're just you're not doing anything when you're going to be 24 hours in the training room. So a lot can get done. Will the cold tubs be incredibly popular this week? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And as the old offensive lineman, those were our best friend. I mean, those were our best friends after practice, you know, much less during a bye week. I mean, we would get in there and literally just sit in there for an hour, just talking to each other, cracking jokes. It will be their best friend this week. How miserable is it to first sit down in one of those things? 
absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it, it, it's it's pain, and people. Well, it's just called. I mean, if you could just imagine ice picks going through your body for a good thirty seconds, that's what it's like. But you know what? But then it, it, you get used to it. But then after a while, you don't even mind the ice picks. You're just like, you know what? Fine, I'm getting in here. I am beat up, and I know by getting in here, I'm gonna feel better. And you don't even mind them. And I don't mean you know after you've been in it for a while. I'm talking about. You know, five weeks into the season, as soon as you step in that thing, you're. I don't care about the ice pick. I, I don't care about the hurt. I just want to feel better. You, you know it's, it's going to help. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, you know what? I might have to take one. Uh, six games into this season, <laughs> I might need a, a, a cold tub just to get me through this off week and into the final stretch of the season. Uh, Brian, th- this K-State team, you mentioned it, is built a little bit differently. They have great leadership. They have... Um, not just great players, but these guys, when you talk to Deuce Vaughn and Daniel Green and Felix and Adrian Martinez, of course, offensive lineman, Cooper Beebe, they just have this um, intelligence, sense of calm and rational behavior about them where they don't get caught up in their emotions or they're workmanlike. They know what it takes. That two-lane loss tested this team, but I feel like in a weird way, while it might have damaged any chance for a playoff spot, if you want to get that far ahead of yourself, it did improve this team. I'm not sure they're unbeaten in the Big 12 at the break without that loss. I'm really not. And I think it made them realize we're not good enough to cruise, but we are good enough to beat everyone else on the schedule. Yeah, I, I believe that wholeheartedly because, it, it, and I think we kind of mentioned it at the time, there's a fine line with this team to being a good team and not being a, a very good team. Sometimes those gaps, depending on who you're talking about, those gaps are leaps and bounds. With us, with K-State, it's very thin, and it's just what you said. It, it, without that loss to Tulane, I think we would have lost Saturday. I don't think it's a game that we, you know, that we, we would have won. I, I just don't think we would have, but you know what? You go through some trials and tribulations It is what it is guys. You know, Hey, this is what we can do. Let's go finish the game. And that's what, especially as an offensive lineman, that's what I love is that we finished the football game as an offense, you know, as an offensive line, that's what you want to do. It's great to stop people on defense, which clearly we did that too, but we had to go finish the football game and we did. And that shows toughness. It shows togetherness, great leadership. Like you said, uh, shows a maturity um, and, and the culture, the culture of K-State is just different. A couple years ago, that is absolutely a game that we don't win. Yep. The culture was just bad. And I don't think it was coaching. It was just, I mean, let's just be honest. We had some guys on the team that hadn't bought in. Nope, you're Everybody right. is bought in now. Everybody is bought in. Kansas that's State why we're better. did start that 2020 season 3-0 and in the conference. It was one of the rare times they've done that in recent history. A lot of them go back to Bill Snyder, even 1.0, um, and then collapsed down the stretch and ended up 4-6. and six. <clears throat> Just a dreadful ending to that season, including the blowout loss at Iowa State. Chris Kleiman could have skipped that game. He really didn't have enough bodies technically to play. He could have skipped it very easily, but he chose to play that game. Iowa State chose to pile on K-State in that game for its own enjoyment. Did that come back to haunt Iowa State by really being part of the focus of this team? I mean, I think maybe a little bit, but at the same time, I mean – 
Iowa State is one of those programs, again, they're kind of like a Missouri. They can't believe how good that we got so quickly. And we just surpassed. I don't know that we weren't necessarily on an even playing field, but we just left them in the dust. Just completely left them in the dust. And then here recently, you know, they've kind of gotten the better of us. And they clearly took advantage of that. Now, did that come back to bite them? I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily want to say that. I just I believe that we had a better football team and we didn't play our best. And while they didn't necessarily play their best, we were just we are a better football team than Iowa State, and that's why we won. That's what I personally believe. And I think when you know the rubber met the road, it was we made a stop and we finished the football game, and that was it, and we got out of there with the win. Indeed, a great ten to nine victory for Kansas State. They are five and one, three and zero in the Big Twelve as they go into their off week. We all can sit around and watch TCU and Oklahoma State battle out, battle each other on Saturday for possession of first place with Kansas State. The winner will be 3-0 and along with the Wildcats, and then the Wildcats play TCU in Fort Worth and Oklahoma State in Manhattan the following two weeks. And we'll start to dig into that and continue to talk about this victory over Iowa State. I am Tim Fitzgerald. He is Brian Hanley. And as we go to break, let's hear from Chris Kleiman and my opening exchange with Coach as the Wildcats could be heard celebrating their victory, a very exhausting victory in Ames on Saturday night. And after the break, we will turn to 9 a.m., also known as QB1. He's very good at these little short nicknames. Adrian Martinez was very thoughtful, and we thank him for coming into the postgame press room because he was beaten up and could barely walk as he hobbled in. We'll be right back. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Uh, what a game. Uh, what a win. Uh, really good football team. Uh, this is what it's like in Big 12 play. It's going to come down to fourth quarter uh, games and uh, making plays in the fourth quarter, and uh, our guys did that. I was so pleased with the defense. Uh, they had great field position the entire fourth quarter, and we kept blitzing them, and, and they knew we were coming and playing man coverage, and we knew there was a lot of crossing and under routes, and we made some really good plays on balls. We made some really good tackles in space, um, and then uh, uh, did enough on offense. It's a really good defense, as you guys know, uh, to rush for 131 yards, hard 131 yards. Uh, but uh, in the fourth quarter, to be able to, to, to get a couple drives, the drive to get the field goal uh, to go ahead, and then uh, uh, really the drive to, to run the clock out. Uh, so pleased with our offensive line on that, as well as uh, Adrian and then DJ Giddens. You know, Deuce was out, and DJ is a load, and he was fresh, and it was fun to have him uh, finish the game like he did, because I think it's going to give him a ton of confidence. No discounting what Iowa State did, because they good. Do you feel like in some ways you overcame the challenge tonight? Boy, I don't know, Fitz. I mean, their kid made a great play on Malik. Okay, he made a phenomenal play, um, and touchdowns and points were going to be at a premium with two good defenses. I don't want to take anything away from Iowa State. That was just a hard-fought, physical football game on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and I, I know it's hard to win here. I've been here enough, and it's hard to win here. And so, um, I, I thought our kids battled and, and had great resolve. I know how good their defense is. I know when our defense is challenged, how good they are. And um, you know, we were we were on the field an awful lot in that first half. I mean, too much. And that's, you're going to ask me, that's the biggest reason I didn't call timeout when they were third and 17. We were down Khalid. We were down Felix to end the second quarter. We'd been out there 38 plays. We were gassed. And I'm like, we're up 7-6 somehow. I'm going to halftime and regrouping. Um, but uh, that's exactly what I thought this game would be. And our, and our defense really uh, rose to the occasion in the second half. 
we got tough kids. We got resolve, and, and uh, they believe in each other, and uh, um, they stay in the fight. Man, that's a big thing. You stay in the fight and try to find a way to win it in the fourth quarter, and we did that. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat Postgame Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudika Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. That was a physical game, wasn't it? It was. It was very physical. Um, But we knew that coming in, and and they're very, you know, disciplined defense for sure. How how difficult was it moving the ball against him? Yeah, you know, definitely had to earn everything. Um, Felt like uh, we had a couple big pass plays that were sort of extended plays, broken down plays. And, uh, you know, they were physical, big, and and played disciplined. We knew that going in. Um, Had a couple different looks, but you know, for the most part, what we expected and um, just a grinder, find your way type of game. This three weeks ago, you lose to Tulane, bad loss, but you guys have gathered yourself three and oh at five and one now at the off week. How incredible is that? Yeah, it really speaks to the culture of this team um, and, and program, really. Uh, the leadership of Coach Kleiman and, and of, of some of the older guys on this squad, uh, we were determined not to let it ruin our season. And, and you know, I, I've said it a ton, but all our goals are still on the horizon. Um, Big 12, that's what it's about. So it's a one-week season, uh, you know, every week, and we found a way to get it done. That's all that really matters to us. So when you get that, that play call that you're going to be going out on a route and Malik's going to be throwing you the ball, um, what's going through your mind? Hey, <laughs> let's make it work. You know, we, it's not like this is the first time we've ran that play. We've repped it obviously a lot um, over the course of time. So uh, felt confident Leak was going to be able to give me the ball. And hey, it, was a, it was a hard-earned, what, eight yards? So <laughs> This is three straight weeks, then You guys have won uh, games by single digits. I think that's probably, probably, it's probably something good for you, right? What's been your mindset in those, in those tight ball games? Yeah, um, find a way to win. And that's all it's about. You know, a lot of faith in my teammates, uh, a lot of faith in myself, too. And, you know, tonight we didn't know how it was going to happen. At one point, they took the lead. It was 9-7. Guys never faltered. And uh, and that's what it's about. You know, this is my fifth year playing college football. And I'm just really excited to be a part of this squad and, and have that type of confidence no matter how the game's going. How tough was everything Iowa State threw at you? You know, you, you can't put yourself in some of those third and long situations. Um, 
they gave us a couple different looks, but also some looks that we were expecting. Uh, they just played really physical and, and sound. Second uh, win in a road raucous environment at night like that, what's it take to come out with a victory like that? Uh, it's huge. You know, anytime you can sneak a road victory in, in league play, it, it's big. And I, I promise you, you know, not a lot of teams are, are going to love coming in here and playing that squad. They're really tough, really physical. Welcome back to the Powercat post-game review podcast, a bonus edition. Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley, again, who we couldn't connect with on Sunday morning. We'll get it figured out. But that was Adrian Martinez, Kansas State's quarterback, as we came out of break. And, boy, he was a warrior on Saturday in that game. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golfwear for K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, T-shirts, golf accessories. Caddyshack Golfwear, Caddy with two Ts. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Kansas State wins 10 to 9 at Iowa State. Brian Hanley joins us for a special edition of the Powercat Postgame Review Podcast. I am Tim Fitzgerald. Brian, at 5 and 1 right now and 3 and 0 in the conference, how important is it for this team to pretend it's 0 and 0 as they start essentially a second six game season? Because I look at the schedule, TCU, Oklahoma State, oh, Baylor and Texas. This next four-game stretch is brutal for the Wildcats. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And you're right. It's one game at a time. Just one game at a time because the the schedule, it it heats up. I mean, it does. Uh, We've talked about it several times. There are no off games in this conference. I mean, Kansas is good. I mean, they just are. I watched them again. I, I thought it was going to be a fluke. No, nah, it, it's not a fluke. They're, they they can move the ball on offense. They, they've got something going there. So it's just there's no off days. We're just one day at a time, one game at a time. It's extremely important to just lock in and focus um, because you can't look ahead. There's really nothing to look ahead. It's like, what are you looking ahead to? The, the team that's leading the, the conference? Oh, and if they're not, they're second. And then the next week, it's the team that's leading the conference. I mean, it's just one right after another. So, you know, we just got to lock in. But when you have maturity and a culture, it's easier to do. Right. I agree. And I encourage people to go back and watch some of that TCU-KU game if you missed it. Uh, I did catch some of it um, yesterday after getting back. And I got to tell you something. You look at that score, you think it was an offensive shootout and the defenses were bad. No, the defenses were actually pretty good in this game. That was some of the best college receiver play I've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. life from the two teams combined. Receivers all over the field making plays turning what could be bad passes or low percentage passes into touchdowns over and over throughout the end of that game. It was really impressive to watch. And that brings me to this. How concerned are you about K-State's receiving core? Again, they only had 20 targets to uh, in the passing game. They completed 13 of those. Uh, I, I look at this, and one of them was from a receiver to Adrian Martinez, mind you. But Malik Knowles had five catches, so we don't want to talk about the one long one. Phillip Brooks had four catches. Um, his long one did go for a touchdown. And everyone else, Deuce Vaughn had two, and then a couple guys had one. They they are really having problems getting the ball to receivers, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it's the same old story. They're just having problems. Um, you know, at some point, it can't be the offensive coordinator. It can't be the quarterback. 
at some point, it's got to be the guys. And I think that the guys are good enough to be good Big 12 core, or wide receivers. I think just more time has to be more attention to detail. Again, and it's easy for me on the outside looking in, but attention to detail. You don't fumble a football at the one-yard line. I mean, if you if you have attention to detail, you're not fumbling a football at the one-yard line. Not piling on anybody, but again, we got to be honest. They have to be better. They got to run better routes. They got to catch the ball when it comes to them, get separation, just be better. And maybe they're not capable of that, but I don't believe that. I believe that they are capable of it. Sometimes you get discouraged because maybe you don't get all the targets and the attention that you want, but that's again, part of the culture, part of being mature. I just think they got to find ways. Now, again, some of it is on the coaching staff. You got to be able to dial up and find ways to get the guys to these, get the ball to these guys in space. You got to be able to do that. Everybody else can do that in the conference, all over the country. Guys are getting the ball in space to do something. And we have guys that can do something with it when they get it. So we have to be able to devise some ways to be able to do that. Um, otherwise, it's going to, it almost came back to bite us in this game, but it will come back to bite us if we can't get the ball on the outside. The yep. problem. I agree. Iowa State, when you are in zone coverage, which K State was in the first half, and I credit Cole Carmody for calling this out that they were probably showing them zone in the first half to go man in the second, and they did that exactly. And they, they took away a lot of stuff Hunter Deckers got comfortable with in the first half. <clears throat> but when you cover Iowa State with zone, they just asked Hunter Deckers to throw the ball five yards in front of the line of scrimmage to a receiver coming across the middle. Those little crossing routes were gold for Iowa State in some ways. They were less effective uh, later in the game, of course. Is that something K-State could really use? I mean, Phillip Brooks and Malik Knowles coming on one of those, you hit them in stride, it seems like that could be effective. Well, the one thing is is to help is just what you said, throw the ball, little crossing routes, but you got to do it on first down. Do it on first down to where, hey, it's second and four, second and five, you know, even second and six, you're still ahead of the sticks. You got to do those things on first down, but also you're getting them involved. Do it early in the game. Get the guys engaged, get them involved. You know, a lot of stuff like that, just what you said, running those crossing routes, they can also break free. Because you get a team playing man and somebody bumps into somebody and you rub somebody off. The next thing you know, they're running scot-free down the field. So we just, again, be a little bit more imaginative on on that end. You know, and, and we can be. We just have to be. We've got to have more imagination to be able to get these guys the ball in space. Yeah, they've got to come up with something. And maybe the off week will benefit the coaches as well as the players as they can gather and I'm sure they'll spend a lot of a lot of time with the analysts self-scouting, figuring out what works, what doesn't work, what are we doing wrong situationally. And, and I also feel like as we focus on the players, for a guy like Colin Klein, who's in his first year as an offensive coordinator and has struggled, I would say, making some in-game adjustments and, and finding stuff that works – this could be really good week for him, too, because now he can really self-assess and think about, without having to prepare for TCU right now, think about, what can I do that will help my team? Is this a chance for him to kind of grow up as a coordinator? Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to self-scout. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and do the things that are necessary to get better. I mean, it, it, if you're not going to self scout yourself and look at ways to get better, then you have no business in the job. And I don't believe that that's what Colin Klein is doing. I believe that he is self scouting the heck out of himself to find ways because he understands what's going on. He knows what we're going to need and he knows what we haven't been able to do. So to just sit back, take a look. Okay. This is what we do. Well, great. But how can we get better? These are the things that we don't do well, that we should be doing well, that we can get better. And that's all it is, is taking that little step. Things that we do bad, let's get average at it. Things that we do average, let's get good at. Things that we're good, let's get great at. And and just take the next step in evolution as a play caller because, again, coming up, we're going to need it. We got to have some imagination. As you look around this conference, um, is this conference – really good and competitive or really average and competitive best conference in the country. I've I've said it for a few weeks and I'm not going to stop saying it. It's the best conference in the country. And now do we benefit from only having 10 teams and not having a Vanderbilt? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do, but too bad. So sad. (laughs) It is what it is. Excuse me. Is that we just don't, have a team like that or, or, or Northwestern or whatever the case, we don't have those teams. We are the, I mean, the big 12 literally is the best conference in the country, top to bottom. It's competitive all the way through. I wouldn't be surprised if eight, maybe even nine teams make a bowl, depending on how well West Virginia gets it going. Cause if they do, then maybe I mean it's just incredible how tough this league is. I mean it's insane. Yeah, if I'm recalling correctly, TCU, Tech, and Kansas were three of the bottom four teams in the preseason poll. They're all in the upper to middle part of this conference. Tech's kind of the lowest of that now, but I, I think we know now after road losses at Kansas State and Oklahoma State that were hard-earned, you don't want to mess with Tech. I don't care what their record says. That's a competitive team, and I think they found an even better quarterback, too, which is trouble. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's just no weekends off here, and I, I mentioned the next four. Then you go to West Virginia, which is never easy. I mean, I know the Mountaineers are struggling. They might be with an interim coach by then. I like Neil Brown, but he's not getting it done in Morgantown, which shocks me. And then you close with Kansas, which seemed like a gimme. It is anything but that. Again, folks, this team has played pretty good defense the last two weeks. Yeah. And and I honestly, I didn't, I don't want this to sound like I was rooting for a Jalen Daniels injury, but it seemed inevitable to me. It, it, the way he plays, he puts yeah. everything out there. They run him a lot in the option. Um, and I kind of have the same fears with Adrian Martinez, but it didn't surprise me that he was injured. But they got a good backup. Uh, it's This conference is so unforgiving. Uh, can we invite in a Vanderbilt? And, you know, the logical <laughs> one to invite is Tulane, but damn, that wouldn't work either. No, no. I mean, the conference, I know a few years ago, everybody was worried, myself included. What are we going to do? You know, um, OU, Texas leaving. What, who are we going to get in? Blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? It, it's turned out okay. <clears throat> you know? And, I mean, OU will get it turned back around. Don't get me wrong. They'll get it turned around. Um, maybe not this year. Mm-hmm. But they'll get it turned around. There, it's it's OU. It's still a good program. But this conference, man, it is just un 
relenting. It just is. I've never seen it this good, to be honest with you. I've, I've never seen it this good. Yeah, it's it's crazy good. Um, and there's one exception, and it's a stunning exception. You mentioned it. I, Oklahoma just gets trashed, absolutely <sighs> trashed by Texas. What was it? Forty-two to nothing. I, I can't. I, I forty-nine nothing. Oh my goodness! Forty-nine to nothing. They were never in the game. Their offense no. was inept. Their defense was more inept. I, Couldn't understand it. I, I don't know how this happens. I can't. This is so. Look, I could see Nebraska coming, and I even thought that Brent Venables might struggle as a head coach because of his demeanor and his kind of, you know, I don't want to say hyperactive, but in your face style all the time, it may not translate, but no one in their right mind could have ever predicted that Oklahoma would be 0-3 in the big 12 with a 49 to nothing loss in its biggest rivalry game of the year. Stunning, Brian. Well, the thing about it was, and I watched some of the game, it was first of all, it was over after six minutes. Right. Six minutes, you could watch that game, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, this is over." Now you didn't know there was going to be forty nine to nothing, but you knew that Oklahoma wasn't going to be able to compete. But here is the telltale sign, Fitz, that I couldn't believe. Okay, Oklahoma's quarterback is hurt. I get it. Are you telling me that the University of Oklahoma doesn't have another quarterback that they can throw out there that's any good? That was despicable. I was like, they're running tight ends at quarterback, doing an entire series of wildcat. I'm like, you guys don't have another quarterback that's worth anything that can play football. I go, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. It's amazing. I mean, you, you just look back at Kansas State. They went to Cody Cook at one point, a wide receiver who had played quarterback and did a pretty good job. LSU in the bowl game, I can't remember the young man's name now, a wide receiver played quarterback. He put it all out there. I mean, he was he great? No, but he was effective in some areas of the game. I can't believe there's nobody on this roster. I can't believe there's some kid that walked on at quarterback from some little town in Oklahoma, was six feet and 160 pounds as a walk-on, is now 6'3", 210 or something, that yeah. can sling the ball around a little bit as a walk-on. This, this is an expression of how – Dangerous it is right now between the NIL and the transfer portal. It looks like Oklahoma is skipping the developmental part of the program to go right to the good guys. And the good guys leave and you try to bring in other good guys. And those guys aren't as good as you thought they'd be. They they brought in so many players in the portal. I think they've got a sour locker room. They've lost their culture because they brought in so much new blood into the locker room. And I think the scores are bad. What happened with TCU and in Texas the last two games are, are bad, but you're hearing from the opposing team that those guys don't want to be out there. They're turning yeah. their pads. They don't want to hit. Yep. That I I can't imagine how frustrated Brent Venables is and and how much pressure he's under. Brian, he may not yeah. survive this season, which seems unfathomable, but they are already calling for a change down there. This is crazy. Well, the problem is you you can't lose 40% of your roster and keep a culture or anything like that. That's literally impossible. Now, do they have some talented players? Sure they do. It's Oklahoma. They've got talented players. 
But just because you have talented players doesn't mean that the the, the culture is going to be there or the togetherness. It's just what you said. All these transfers and, and, and people coming in from all over the place. And I know why they did it because, again, they lost 40% of their roster. So you got to do something. But when things get tight, you can't really lean on the guy that's next to you that you don't know. You don't know if this guy is going to sit in there with you, you know, when things get tough because you've never been around it before. Yep. You know, even if you're less talented, when things get tough, you can lean on the guy next to you if you've been in the trenches with him. But you can't do that if you don't know. And this guy could be supremely talented, but you know what? If he doesn't have heart, doesn't matter. I mean, heart gets taken away a lot of times in competitive football, competitive anything, not just football, competitive anything. And that's what I'm seeing. I, and you could see it on the field. As soon as a, just a tiny bit of adversity hit, oh, you quit. And I know Brent Venables. I know him personally. It has to be literally eating his stomach alive to see his guys. Because he's Brent Venables is a very smart football coach. He sees it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that he can stop it at this point. Nope. And it has to literally be eating him up inside. Because I know how intense he is. And seeing guys quit, I, I just, I don't know. I remember the John Blake teams when we went and BOU, they had all that talent, but they were horrible coach. But those guys didn't quit. And then, I mean, they weren't, they weren't good football team. Now they had good players. They just had horrible coaches, but they did not quit. And you, the last two weeks they've quit. It's sad, man. It's sad. It's tough to watch. Even, even though I don't uh, particularly enjoy watching Oklahoma football from a raw, raw standpoint, it's really tough to watch. And it's got to be troubling for Oklahoma fans to realize that a program like Kansas state is everything that they need. This K-State team's tough. It's, it's surviving tests, um, finding a way to win. But honestly, as we look back now, Oklahoma Texas Tech and Iowa State somehow might be one of the easier stretches of the season, of this schedule. This team's got to get better. I, I, I know they're 3-0. I know they're ranked 16th and 17th of polls. I know they have a chance to get to Arlington and play for a Big 12 championship and maybe on the outside get in the playoff, but that seems kind of hard to fathom being Kansas State. But this team, to do any of that, come close to any of that, has got to get a lot better and more consistent, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they got to get better. They're not, we're not good enough right now. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we're not a good team. I'm just saying we're not good enough as we sit today to beat the majority of the teams left on our schedule. We're not good enough. We have to be better. And it kind of starts with what we talked about. We have to get the passing game going. Iowa State literally said, we're going to make you throw it. And for the most part, we, we did okay. I mean, you put up those kinds of numbers. If you don't fumble at the one, that's another touchdown. Who knows where the game goes from there? Yep. But having said that, we still have to be better. We have to have more opportunities, you know, and I think that's part of the play client. I know people get frustrated. I was frustrated too. There's opportunities where we're like, hey, it's third and four, and then we run it for three yards. I'm like, why aren't we at least giving ourselves a chance to get the first down? And and those are things you've got to do it because you, you can't continue to rely on your defense to play the way that they played Saturday and just shut people down. This is too good a lead. You're not going to be able to do that. Guys are going to be able to score some points on us, and it's not because our defense is terrible. 
It's just, hey, the other guys play too. You know, they, they have scholarships too. Yep. So we got to be better on offense and, and be more unpredictable, have more imagination, and do things better. Now, again, the defense, it's hard to say, oh, man, the defense got to do a lot after you watch a game on Saturday, but there's plenty of things that the defense has to clean up as well. But the one thing that's starting to drive me a little insane fits special teams. Yep. We're not doing anything on special teams. I mean, it's been a while. We haven't done anything and missed another kick on Saturday. It's starting to make me nervous. Yeah, I thought outplaying Iowa State in special teams was going to be easy. I think Iowa State actually won special teams yeah. in this game because K-State just didn't do much, including missing that field goal That in a game like that. Three points is enormous, but I felt good for the Iowa State kicker. I'm glad he lost the game, but I felt good for him hitting all three of those after yeah. having such a bad week. Again, the only kicks he's missed in his short career were the ones at Kansas, and um, it came to bless the, the Jayhawks because without the those misses, they don't win. But K-State did overcome the field goal kicker making his opportunities. And for a simple reason, as Brian pointed out, the defense just didn't let him score a touchdown, period. It's nope. not like they were too inept to score a touchdown. This defense refused to let him into the end zone. Hell, they only got into the red zone once the entire yep. game. What an impressive effort by the K-State defense. What a gutty effort by the K-State offense. Kansas State five and one and three and zero. Oh. Brian, I appreciate it so much. The good news is uh, we will be off this weekend, so we won't have to try to connect on the post game <laughs> podcast. But then we'll be kind of in your neighborhood the week after, and maybe we'll just meet in person and call it good. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Brian, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. This has been the Powercat Post Game Review, a bonus podcast version of it as K State wins at Iowa State 10 to 9. Remember, we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. They're wonderful products. It's Caddy with two T's. Go check out their website right now because this podcast is over and you've got some free time to shop at Caddyshack. Thank you for listening to the Powercat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Everyone is talking about if. I'm going to go to Lynn Human. I like it. I love it. It's original and heartfelt. Ta-da! And the must-see comedy of the summer <laughs> that's perfect for the whole family. This is just so exciting. If. Witty PG. Now playing in theaters.